0: Good afternoon ladies and gents well today i brought to you um two of my very good friends um gabriel pisinski and yuri kovalov welcome good afternoon thanks for inviting us hi Hi. uh
1: great to be here again
0: yeah indeed uh gabriel was in the first episode and uh we actually made quite a good episode there i think it was actually the best episode uh yeah but anyway (laughs) uh yeah could you
2: give a brief introduction about yourselves so I'm a resident of Ukraine. Uh, I have Ukrainian passport, which is a massive privilege nowadays. Um, What I can say, thanks to Min for inviting me. Today we're going to talk about some of Ukrainian stuff, post-war restoration, what aid was provided, and many other topics. I think Min will introduce them. Yeah, uh, Yuri, what do you study actually? Uh, Chemistry. So it's absolutely unrelated to the topic we talk now. Well, it can make bombs. So, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they forbid chemical weapons. What a shame. <laughs> yeah. Well,
0: um, yeah. But well, Yuri said this, but um, Yuri is actually also um, very um, dedicated to um, all these great things, um, especially to Ukraine and um, you know its liberty, freedom, democracy, all these things. Um, and yeah, and um, Gabriel, um, could you give a brief introduction about yourself?
1: uh sure so uh i'm polish uh i'm currently studying politics and philosophy at the university i'm uh also writing my dissertation on uh, the causes of the Ukraine war um uh, so yeah uh yearly outline we're gonna
0: talk about so i'm really happy to be here yes um so today's topic um is um the reconstruction of ukraine after the war and also a little bit of update on ukrainian war as well um well, personally, well, you might um, still wondering why am I still talking about this, you know, it's a issue of the past or anything. But, you know, I'm, as a South Korean, I feel very, very um, responsible to this. Um, I mean, especially the part of the West. And also, you know, my grandparents had gone through this. And um, obviously, I never wanted anyone to go through um, similar experience. And also, you know, it happened that um, I'm, Meeting quite a lot of Ukrainians these days, and um, so yeah, um, it almost feels like my own, um, <laughs> yeah, my, my, my own um, affairs. So anyway, uh, let's start off um, talking about the European support for Ukraine. Um, so, I guess I'm, I, I guess I need to ask this to Gabriel because um, you're, you know, writing a whole dissertation about this. Um, so yes, um, what? has been, um, what has European Union countries has been doing these days to um, for, for Ukraine?
1: Yeah, okay. So, first of all, uh, I'll kind of m- mainly separate the EU itself from the countries of the European Union. So the EU <coughs> in general can provide uh, either a sanction, Russia, or it can provide more aid affiliated with financial stuff. Mm-hmm. So th- they released a couple of days ago a joint statement following the 26th uh, EU-Ukraine Summit. So it could be essentially summarized in the four words, so reconstruction, relief, energy and connectivity. So the EU is a very slow working machine and uh, with regard to military aid, it would be best to really focus on the individual countries that compose the European Union rather than the Union as a whole. Uh, Well, as I said, it mostly provides, you know, infrastructural aid, economic aids, stuff of that sort.
0: so sh- should I go through the list L- like one by one? <laughs> that... <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, yeah, I, mean, I I was actually um just just could you give like the major ones?
1: Oh, okay. So yeah. the, the the three most important countries that are currently supporting um uh, Ukraine are well one Poland great greatest contribution and most useful contribution with regard to tanks uh two hundred and sixty tanks uh sent over to Ukraine and really lots of everything the united kingdom is absolutely doing a stellar job mm-hmm. uh mostly with regard to uh, anti-air stuff and the us is, you know the global yeah. hegemon so they can mm-hmm. afford to send like idiotic amounts of stuff uh, which they are doing which is not to be underappreciated they're all three countries are doing a really stellar job and i, mm-hmm. I will also very quickly mention uh the czech republic and the baltic countries because they're mm-hmm. doing a stellar job as oh, well. Oh, absolutely. Y- yeah. absolutely. Yeah, Yeah. Well, uh, in proportion to the GDP in the, uh, I mentioned the uh, Poland, the UK, the UK and the US, uh, mm-hmm. first of all, because, you know, the three countries have really like reasonably big economies mm-hmm. at the very least. So uh, Poland like is the smallest one out of the three, but mm-hmm. they're all sending like, uh, quantitatively very large amounts of equipment. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Well, as a person from South Korea, where we spend three and a half percent half percent of our GDP to um, the defense and you know we are the country um, I think right now actually as of now we has the we have the second biggest um, tank and the and the world's biggest artillery you um, know in, in our military because Russians has lost a lot of tanks and artillery um, so America goes first and South Korea the next right now yeah um, I always thought that well uh, 14 tanks it's not going to change the war is it but um I, I guess these um with all this you know collaborative work, um I guess there there is going to be quite a huge amount of um resources actually um directing to Ukraine. Um is that true or is it still like very small?
1: Okay, so it's in general it's not enough currently. So the the, the equipment that is being sent to Ukraine as of now, uh it's barely enough to replace the stuff that's or, that's already in there mm-hmm. uh so that's a big problem and it's probably a problem because uh, a lot of the countries within the eu are not contributing uh mm-hmm. to the general effort so I, I i could go uh i'll just briefly go over the major corporates uh, w- mm-hmm. within europe so first of all austria could contribute a lot more so they have so far sent fuel helmets and <coughs> vests that's what you could you know mm-hmm. q- qualify essentially as uh, military equipment that does not provide any genuine firepower to Ukraine mm-hmm. uh Bulgaria really bad but mm-hmm. but I, I have to commend the government for uh, the secret secret deliveries so the, mm-hmm. a large uh, portion of the population are is actually pro-russian uh, and the government uh, made a lot of secret deliveries of artillery, artillery shells and mm-hmm. fuel uh to Ukraine starting from April 2022 mm-hmm. uh, even though the general electorate did not support it and that helped ukraine at, to a tremendous degree really yeah. um so okay well uh, finland's fine Germ- G- germany is just absolutely horrendous like germany is it, Germany's <laughs> a joke uh, they, they do provide financial aid which which is really good but um a lot of the aid that they provide is they just kind of push the fall uh, the, the the weight of, this, uh, of the support of Ukraine onto the EU um, and well Germany essentially uh, sent Ukraine everything that does not shoot so <laughs> Absolutely. so yeah. small arms you know well no, no, no small arms just you know maybe a little bit of ammunition helmets yeah. w- winter stuff uh, we've also got France which is okay France uh, f- French military contributions they're not that great i mean they've been sending some stuff over recently but they're uh, s- civilian aid so you know essentially medical equipment all that stuff is far greater but that's that's not enough you know yeah. it's not gonna win you the war it, c- it could save some lives but what could really save the lives of ukrainians is
0: well more firepower yeah, yeah so yeah. Uh, uh, yes. more firepower more weapons i mean indeed mm-hmm. I, I i didn't know well but re- well, we um we, we i actually wanted to do this um episode um, just because of you know all this German fiasco over sending the uh, Leopard 2 tanks um, And you know well it got slightly delayed um, I mean not only the Leopard but the um, episode itself So yeah uh, do tell me about uh, what actually happened with all this German fiasco And you know all, all these fusses about uh, sending the Leopard tanks
1: Okay so uh, first of all the, uh, Leopard tankster of German make so um a lot of countries around europe uh did buy these tanks and well uh, i know that in the case of poland they were, they were one of the kind of uh, the couple of models of tanks mm-hmm. uh, that poland had but because we purchased a lot of the um, Poland poland's key to the story because we purchased a lot of uh, korean tanks mm-hmm. uh, we couldn't support a third tank system so our mm-hmm. tank systems are going to be based around one Abrams tanks, to um, the, the Korean tanks, and we couldn't afford to logistically support yeah. the Leopards in addition to that. So we decided to send it to Ukraine. We had quite a few of, uh, of the Leopard tanks, but not enough to form up a tank division. Mm-hmm. So we asked the rest of Europe, the US and all that to mm-hmm. kind of collectively contribute uh, by sending in their Leopard tanks to Ukraine. Uh, so. First, Firstly, Poland initiated, and then Germany just said, no, we're not, we're not going to do it. Even, then everybody around them, essentially every country in Europe and the US, uh, started encouraging everybody else to send the tanks. Portugal was one of the first uh, c- countries, I think, mm-hmm. from what I remember, to uh, want to send in uh, the, the actual tanks. After everybody except Germany has agreed <laughs> to send in the Leopard tanks, finally that Mr. Olaf Scholz. Uh, decide to genuinely send them through because of diplomatic pressure. Mm-hmm. So the fiasco essentially just, you know, it's very much in line with previous German behavior. I, I understand partly why, why they're beh- beh- behaving that way. They're very dependent on Russia. Their economic model, you know, it's export based mainly, but they do say a lot of like they do employ a lot of moralistic arguments say we don't want to get you know involved in another <laughs> war <I was> <laughs> J- just because you're not you know you're not protecting essentially the innocent you, you just because you were nazi germany and repentant for your sins does not mean you are not f- that does that does that mean that you should not help innocent ukrainians being killed on the mm-hmm. front line of russia mm-hmm. so yeah it's just a horrible fiasco and germany will take like years, if not, you know, a decade or more to recover diplomatically, even Mm -hmm. though
0: it has a lot of influence. True. True. Uh, I know how the Ukrainians uh, do actually feel about all all these, you know, I mean, we are just watching all these things, um, you know, over an island. Um, But I'm actually wondering how Ukraine is actually, you know.
2: Well, it's really arguable. In the beginning of war, everybody were frustrated calling Schultz not very nice names because (laughs) of his um, cowardice. Maybe it wasn't cowardice. Maybe it was something else. Um, Now it's slightly better. People are saying, well, we never said anything bad about Germany. Germany Mm -hmm. was always our ally as a joke, obviously. But. I would like to mention, I think it's very important to remember that Germany is helping kind of indirectly. Uh, they're taking the the burden of taking refugees on their own. I believe they took the most refugees up after the Poland, maybe. Yeah, oh, after probably Poland around after. five million people. Yeah. And that's really significant because they give them jobs. Well, not jobs, but um, the right to work. They give them massive uh, welfare compensations like 800 euros per month just for nothing mm-hmm. and um i believe that's really that's really massive aid it's indirect but it's massive and i'm sure they spent a lot of money on that so we could argue it would be more efficient if they sent more weapons because germany is massive powerhouse they can produce massive amounts of uh weapons i'm sure they have tons of metal tons of factories a lot of stuff and they could aid and finish this war less than a year yeah but, yeah, um, yeah
0: I, I was wondering well on, on your note about refugee um, I probably don't know that much about these things but um, recently actually um, I met a Ukrainian refugee <laughs> and uh, we, we actually spent quite a um, decent amount of time uh, we, we kept on talking like six hours and it seems that Ukrainian refugees coming to Britain um, they're struggling quite a lot Mm-hmm. So, what kind of problems are they suffering from? Um, that's what I was wondering. That's
2: a very good question, to be honest. Since um, the the requirements to enter Britain for Ukrainian refugees are much stricter, you have to have a relative living here or something related to income. You probably have to have like 900 quid at least for months mm-hmm. to be allowed to enter UK. Mm-hmm. So. I'm not sure how they're coming to this country mm-hmm. with proving all those details and mm-hmm. struggling. Mm-hmm. Um I can't honestly think of explanation for this. Mm-hmm. Probably their relatives cannot support them mm-hmm. and they couldn't find a job for some reason. Maybe they don't know language. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're just you know unable to work or something else. Mm-hmm but i i believe most of them should be doing fine because uh population of ukraine who are, were able to escape aren't some poor peasants they mm-hmm. they have some savings on them um so it's very surprising actually
0: yeah well, well at least um i'm glad but you know um it, it makes me really sad though because if you have nothing um, over in ukraine if you're just a normal ukrainian i mean they you have no Um, choice but to you know stay in this place i mean especially if you are living in the occupied land um yeah very very sad indeed
2: well i could argue that when i was in germany Mm -hmm. it was really nice on every um train station every Mm -hmm. major train station they had the special centers for ukrainians Mm -hmm. you just go there they have everything translated to ukrainian you don't have to know german Mm -hmm. you just have to apply show your documents Mm -hmm. get your help yes it takes months because of german bureaucracy it's awful Mm -hmm. (laughs) just to get a bank (laughs) statement you have to wait months Mm -hmm. but still i believe um if you go to uk Mm -hmm. it's because you have money if you go to Germany, it's because you don't have money. You just want to like stay there, okay. maybe get a job. Oh, so,
1: so same thing in Poland. On every train station, you've got to, you
0: know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, For yeah. sure. Oh yeah, that's that's very nice. I mean, honestly, um, so if, if this was South Korea, okay. Um, I mean, South Korea's they tend to be slightly nicer to white people. But well, it doesn't matter, like, it doesn't matter whether you're Ukrainian or not, you know, they, they'd be like, oh, go back to your country, you know, <laughs> you should be, um, you know, you, know you, you can still fight, you know, mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah, well, it's really nice that countries like, I mean, even like Poland, for example, that we don't necessarily find it as a, you know, advanced country um oh Mr. <laughs> that's, that's me yeah you know that's that's kind of like yeah.
2: chinese i would call it chinese syndrome because everybody some people think, still think of china as like poor country mm-hmm. because of like in 2000s and 90s it was like poor country but now it's second gdp in the world
0: yeah i mean no, i'm not talking about the uh, economic status i'm talking about you know um
2: the general perception of poland um yeah. of i mean our, G- people, our, yeah. our
1: gdp is higher than that of sweden
2: so I, yeah really? gdp it's, is yeah. high. i mean i mean it's half a trillion or 700 it's, it's 600 yeah. it's it's significant you've got like 30 million people
0: anyway so yeah, yeah.
1: 37.97 i think yeah, yeah. <laughs> by the way
0: um <laughs> i think poland is um, one of the fastest growing country and i think it has much potential but a lot of polish people disagree with me so you know Mm. Uh, i agree <laughs> okay, uh, i'm very okay. positively inclined okay. for the polish development so. oh that's that's really nice anyway
2: yeah, i want to come yeah. back so yeah. <laughs> yeah indeed aid the motherland, motherland. Yeah, I, <laughs> <Yes>. it, it, <laughs> everyone loves their country. who
0: doesn't you know anyway um so yeah uh say so, so, okay that we, we've got a little bit <coughs> sidetracked for the ukrainian refugee situation but this was actually a very interesting um talking point i mean um i, I was pleasantly actually surprised um well, I'm I'm not pleasantly surprised, but I was surprised how little they're coming to UK. That's the first thing. Yeah, and, I um, guess not many people got relatives here. So mm-hmm, that's a problem. Yeah. And um <coughs> I was actually very surprised, um, how everyone just got back to Ukraine, uh, because they couldn't, you know, get a life in UK and uh, ah, yes. yeah. <laughs> uh yeah. Um anyway. So okay, the uh, last on this topic about European um Support of Ukraine is not. Um, I guess um, I get to talk about this uh, mostly um, is how it is going to play out for the European defense, because uh, we we I mean not we I we're not in we are no longer in European Union um, actually yeah but um, Europeans we send um, a lot of uh, weapons quite a significant amount of weapons to Ukraine. Um, it's not because we had a lot um, and we just literally sent a lot, be- because we had really small amount of arsenal and we sent over this to Ukraine. Um, and I was actually wondering, Gabriel, um, because you have sent quite a lot of military supplies to, over to Ukraine. Um, how is it going to affect the Polish defense? Um, I wonder um, what kind of plans that Poland does have to defend its borders, um, even if they're sending all these weapons
1: okay so ascending uh, uh, the weapons is actually like extraordinarily positive for us because mm-hmm. uh, we would a lot of the equipment was essentially soviet equipment that was outdated and so mm-hmm. we just sent it over to ukraine so uh and it's you know you know, it's, it's not really a bad thing, it's a really positive thing, because the the, the old Soviet equipment is, like, very... is, one, morandized, two, it's kind of... Uh, it works within the Ukraine-based logistic- logistical system, because at its root it's uh, a, a Soviet system with a bunch of NATO weapons, like, uh, packed in there. I mean, okay, so, with regard to European security uh, itself, so poland is certainly going to become more more important uh, diplomatically and militarily mm-hmm. uh, i i even heard some people saying that um uh, the strategic center of nato has shifted from germany to poland which mm-hmm. you know f- frankly <laughs> i mean frankly that that I, makes a lot of sense why would you have it in germany it's not even a country on any front line whatsoever so uh, i mean yeah that has been the case since 2010 you know yeah. it's yeah.
0: not a new thing yeah, yeah
1: so Uh, Well, I I do think that France and Germany will continue doing the bare minimum, at least for the foreseeable future, unless there's a change in power, which is not going to occur for, well, anytime soon, Mm -hmm. uh, likely. However, if Ukraine joins NATO, things might be a little different. I do think uh, that will happen when the war ends. Mm -hmm. So mm, as it stands, it looks as if the East is going to be, you know, very well armed while the west is just going to be you know it's yeah. <laughs> just going to have to begrudgingly go along with uh, with with the east essentially
0: with america which you know has american support and uk support so i mean i i am just very concerned because um in this country i'm not saying that we shouldn't send weapons to ukraine i think we should actually send a lot more to ukraine but at the same time the defense of this country now we don't even have 200 tanks to defend our borders now, two hundred tanks—it sounds like a lot—but consider this: um, South Korean military. South Korea's smaller country with smaller GDP than Britain, but South Korean South Koreans—they have two hundred tanks just in one division, and they've got at least ten divisions of this tank divisions, basically uh, mechanized wow. divisions. That's impressive. Yeah, but you see, it, that is what it takes if you want to fight Russians and Chinese and North Koreans. <laughs> um whilst uh what i am seriously worried is that we um are sending weapons to ukraine that's a positive thing but at the end of the day when the war if not when if i i hope it's if i hope it finishes um tomorrow basically but um if the war um takes a lot longer we might not have any weapons left to um supply for ukraine um yeah and um, that that was something that I was really worrying and um it also happens that Germany right now they don't have any weapons, any anti air tank uh, sorry, not anti air tanks, um anti air um missiles to ship to um Ukraine and you know, unfortunately that's actually coming true. I mean it's hitting Germany first because they had a pathetic mil- military, but I guess um it's going to hit um European countries um you know later of the you know later of this year or next year um yeah and um i don't you know is um european countries buying more weapons or making more production capacity Um, that's actually what i was wondering
1: um i don't know about the production capacity in particular i haven't heard of it mm-hmm. uh well i know that in the case of Poland, we're essentially increasing our uh, you know military capacities but uh, Frankly, I do think we'll be fine. Geez, <laughs> <Yeah. Yeah. laughs> <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, Ukraine's GDP wasn't great before the war. I think it was the, one of the lowest in Europe. And well, well, above, Moldova, above
0: Moldova, above yeah, yeah. Moldova, yeah. we could argue yeah. <laughs> I mean, the, the whole um, GDP of Ukraine is actually smaller than the budget that we use for only for NHS. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's very surprising. Yes. Uh, well, that's a criticism for NHS, not you know, criticism for Ukrainian economy. Yes, you know. It's surprisingly <laughs> ineffective. For yeah, we were we stocks. were
2: supporting a large dark army, a lot of armor personal carriers mm-hmm. and a lot of stuff. And we managed to do it with quite a small defense budget and they can't heal people. <laughs> you, you know, actually right now you can buy um,
0: Ukrainian um, government bond and they're going to pay back your money because, you know, they, although there's war, they're still financially capable. Um, yeah, obviously. And, you know, there's an economy in Ukraine. Um, and it's it's okay. It's not great, but it's okay. But UK, we're just spending, we, we like wasting money on things like NHS, but, you know are wasting money that's not wasting. Well, money. Wha-
1: mean, oh, they're, they're, they're inefficiently distributing it, yeah. they're not wasting yeah. it on well, like common health. care. why, why <laughs> wouldn't
2: you waste money if UK is the best, best tax um obtainer in the world? <laughs> Literally, if you want to take tax from anyone, you just call Britain and that's it. You can look at the, throughout the history, um, the way they colonized everyone and just put tax on them. People in Africa probably didn't even know what tax is, and they still tax them. <laughs> so it's amazing how they can yeah. do this. I mean, even in twenty-first century, we have sugar tax. Really? Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> we tax on sugar. Well, you should be grateful there is no tax on air. So. Uh,
1: yeah. oh, well. Well, I mean, I mean, it's. I do think it's positive that we, you know, tax sugar because then we increase the the price of sugary products. Mm. So go less obesity. <laughs> like we don't have <laughs> like in the US regard to that.
0: Yeah, well uh, but I, I have nothing yeah.
1: against all these people yeah. but like it, it is a health problem. Yeah, so. well, that's
0: the um, that's a different argument. But anyway, you know, okay, going back to the um the original track. Okay, so we, we, we because we just talked about the economy of Ukraine. Let's let's go through the um like the economic history of Ukraine, shall we? So, uh I know that when the Soviet Union fell, you know, 1991, uh Ukraine split and they became a independent country. But since then you know even in wikipedia they don't really talk about these things i mean what happened since 1991 to you know right now so could you um yuri um go briefly about um the history of ukraine and you know especially
2: the economic history of mm-hmm. ukraine as well i guess i'm not very strong in this point i'm mm-hmm. not economist but i think the most important thing to remember is that in 90s so they decided to abolish socialism they decided to give private property to people and they decided to sell, uh, the government, um, establishments such as factories, power plants sometimes and other stuff. Mm -hmm. But obviously there appeared people who not very fair ways, Mm -hmm. um, grabbed all the power, obtained a lot of, uh, means of production, factories, power plants, Mm -hmm. and now they're called oligarchs because Mm -hmm. they have money Mm -hmm. and they have a political influence uh they have ties to the government mm-hmm. uh and there are not many of them and it's the same issue in russia mm-hmm. and i believe that's a problem for us because they can be basically like a shadow government yeah um but we what we can say we have a uh, really nice heritage from soviet union mm-hmm. i think almost quarter if not more than uh, of our economy is um industry mm-hmm. factories like coal Steel plants 26% actually. I yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that, that's actually amazing because When I first thought of Ukraine, well, I actually knew quite a lot of about Ukraine But I didn't really know that much about economy of Ukraine because obviously in South Korea We didn't even know where Ukraine was <laughs> started we, you know, even before the war they thought hey, it's part of Russia so, <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I couldn't find any information even in South Korean uh, Wikipedia um, and I always thought, well, somehow all these sunflower seeds are from Ukraine. So, uh, and you know, all these wheat are also from Ukraine as well. So I think, yeah, it's an agricultural economy. That's what I thought. But I guess it has quite a huge um, manufacturing. So, um, yeah, what what kind of uh, manufacturing do you do? I mean, South Korea does semiconductors. I wonder what well, Ukraine
2: does. mostly metallurgy, I heard. Mm-hmm. A so, lot of steel, steel uh, yeah. well, probably not as much now since we lost some places on east mm-hmm. and uh, maybe, you know, on the east there is a Donbass region, mm-hmm. uh, it is called this way because of there was like a pool of coal, mm-hmm. not sure how it's called in English. So mm-hmm. there is a lot of uh, natural resources such as coal, iron, mm-hmm. um, transition metals. <laughs> not sure yeah. how they called. Uh, basically manganese so and so yeah, rare nickel. earth metals. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there was
1: always also a lot of um, iron, like north of Crimea. So mm. not in Crimea yeah. itself, yeah. but like uh, yeah. east mm. of Crimea. Uh, but you know, almost all the iron deposits have been taken. Uh, mm. The crude oil, though, there's a lot of that. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Well, actually, none of it taken though. Yeah. Uh, well,
2: you know, uh, Ukrainians were the first people to come up with gas lamp. Uh, like Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Poland didn't even exist back then, right? Yeah, they were living in Lviv, and it was Austro-Hungarian city. So it's Ukrainians who came up with this. <laughs> well. <laughs> yeah. That's okay. That's very arguable. We're not going to talk much about it. We're not going to talk much about this because we will have a fight about who created Gaslamp. But yeah, the catalyst for this was uh, the huge oil. Well, huge at that time. Now it's not that much. Huge oil deposits in Western Ukraine. Mm -hmm. Probably we extracted most of it. Also, there's like coal in Western Ukraine. It's Mm -hmm. not as good quality as on Eastern coal. Mm -hmm. Uh, But yeah, basically, Ukraine is a massive territory with a lot of resources hugely fertile land mm-hmm. although not effectively used but we can grow food for the whole europe Ternodium. yeah yeah,
0: yeah. yeah it's um it's surprisingly good soil it and they even have like a almost two meter depth of all this black soil true which is awesome i mean not gonna lie i mean I, my grandparents are farming south korea you know mm-hmm. but unless we have fertilizers um, you know there's no way that we can farm and we farm like grapes so we don't really <laughs> we, we can't farm like very um, you know all, all these you know we, we can't farm densely basically but I saw the Ukrainian farms and it was you know
1: so everything like yeah. grows like that unless the ground is exhausted like, too, yeah because
2: <laughs> in geography it was like four years ago when mm-hmm. I was still in school Our teacher said that there was a slight depletion in uh, minerals in our ground, Mm -hmm. but I'm sure there is still a lot of potential for Mm that. Indeed,
0: yeah. Well, um, you know, the whole Europe um, and the whole of the world was surprised that you know Ukraine Ukrainians were the um, the the biggest source of almost everything they eat. Um, You know, the bread, um, the cooking oil, you know, all these things and you know i love fish and chips okay um i mm. go there every tuesdays and friday oh, and lovely. you know all these chips in britain was they were almost about to shut down because they couldn't get the um you know they often used sunflower oil because it was cheap but they couldn't get any one of these so they had to move to uh, more expensive options. And what
2: about like vegetable oil
0: yeah, like, I don't know, um, like palm oil, that's uh, one option, but that's really bad, actually. True. Um, True, And, you know, some other vegetables, maybe olive oils or something like that. So, yes. Um, you can't really deep fry stuff
2: in olive oil, so yeah. that's mm, issue. No, yeah. yeah, so vegetables, mm-hmm. probably, or sunflower. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sunflower is not available. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah yeah, 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 yeah,
1: that's the point.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, anyway, um, so let's talk about the war um, now. slightly a bit depressing because, you know, i i have a first time first hand experience on war um i i heard all these stories from my grandparents and um a little bit of story time but um so my grandfather he i asked him, i asked him about the war and what it did and um he says oh you know um the whole town there was nothing um uh, because the factory got destroyed mm. um the ground they couldn't farm like for a couple of years so they Um, The land was very exhausted and things like that the fertilizer They didn't have any fertilizers because the fertilizer plant was in North Korea Um, So you know what they did was um, Two things smuggling and stealing from American base Nice And you know honestly the first thing I thought was At least they had American military base to steal Uh, (laughs) (laughs) But yeah uh, So I mean so What kind of destruction uh, is taking place in Ukraine? That is actually what I am wondering.
2: Well, mostly I believe it's destruction to the cities. Mm -hmm. Uh, Still, that's quite significant. People have nowhere to live Mm -hmm. and rebuilding the cities will take probably years. Mm -hmm. I don't know how it takes, how long it takes to build a modern house, but Mm -hmm. surely it will not take a month. Um, Surprisingly, I believe not many factories were bombed. Mm -hmm. although I'm sure a lot of them were seized because Mm -hmm. a lot of them were on east Mm -hmm. because it's close to power grids it's close to resources Mm -hmm. Um, but all other factories were unaffected the power grid is unfortunately being bombed as well as power plants Mm -hmm. Um, it's more of power grid they were more bombed so Mm -hmm we are producing electricity but the issue is we can't deliver it right mm-hmm. now yeah um so that's the issue hopefully they will keep the nuclear power plants safe hopefully. if they do mm-hmm. everything is going to be fine we produce ton of energy from nuclear mm-hmm.
0: yeah well yeah that's something actually i was worrying about which is that i've started <clears throat> seeing so i mean at the beginning of the war because it was beginning of the war yeah. some buildings were bombed but you know cities looked all right but we're seeing more and more of um small cities in ukraine especially um in donbass region um basically completely being destroyed like syria uh and you know i just it's really sad to see all this but yeah i was um I was actually wondering um how big the um all this destruction is, but I'm actually very happy that it's not too much of a destruction right now. Yeah, um so that's yeah, that's something. Um I don't know, do you um by any chance know um what would be the um estimated
2: cost of um uh, reconstructing all this or? That's a good question. I believe in mm. like media, they gave different figures. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some of some of our officials said it's going to be like 50 billion. 50 some billion. of them said it's like a trillion. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably I heard some European um, leaders say it's going to be 20 billion. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure, but I believe it's going to be in a number of billions because yeah. there's quite a lot of reconstruction.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I mean, you see for for us, for Britain, Fifty billion is a very small number. I mean, yeah, we, yeah. we spent—we literally just spent like two hundred billion pounds for making railway between Birmingham and London.
2: No way. <laughs> Let me guess. It took twenty years.
0: It's it's not even finished right now. Oh, all right, <laughs> we don't know when it's going <laughs> to finish. Yeah. Well, the main reason, um, just for reference, uh, is because. There's a massive, massive um, natural forest and they say, oh, you know, you don't want to, yeah, a, you need to make a underground tunnel, which is oh, yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah. A, a hundred miles long. So, you know, <laughs> well, yeah, good but, point.
2: Yeah. But,
0: well, you know, I mean, these things exist. But anyway, 50 billion, 20 billion, whatever the number is, it, it sounds very small for us. But especially countries like Ukraine, I guess um, it's a massive, massive number because its GDP uh, I recently figured it's just about one hundred and seventy billion pounds, um, which uh, makes Ukraine actually just around. I think the GDP per capita is like six thousand. I think.
2: Well, our population. It it will surely. Well, you could argue the GDP per capita will grow significantly since a lot of people left and maybe a lot of people will stay. Mm-hmm. But before the war, I'm not sure. Uh, we had forty million people. Mm-hmm. and besides yeah maybe may, then it could be like maybe if, um four thousand pounds which is just around yeah, yeah, yeah. six thousand dollars or more or less yeah um, well also yeah. Uh, what could be argued is that our GDP was steadily growing since 2016 and i'm not sure why mm-hmm. um obviously the quality of life was improving it, mm-hmm. it could be noticed by some small improvements mm-hmm. especially when you live in capital but i believe there could be also Mm-hmm. This could be also due to different way of calculating GDP. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe in 2014 they were calculating it one way and mm-hmm. it obviously fell because the war started. Mm-hmm. But now it started growing and they started calculating it differently. So mm-hmm. it apparently looked more higher than it is. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I don't know. I mean, I guess well, economically speaking, um, I guess um,
0: Ukrainian economy, I mean, not only it has like the, um, the countable GDP, but also there is a, you know, um, I mean, for example, you can't count, for example, um, illegal businesses or corruption or things like that. And that is so very significant in Ukraine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, indeed. Yeah. Um, yeah, but well, I mean what I only remember about Ukraine is that it's cheap. It's always um nice to go around. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But anyway, um so yeah, um uh, so so that's that's something. Um actually it is actually a massive um destruction. Um and um I guess there is going to be um, foreign aid after um, the war. I hope Korean government finally do something about it because Korean government is even worse than the German government <laughs> I mean you know the Ukrainian government not only they were asking for free things they were actually asking Koreans to sell weapons mm-hmm. Koreans is still refusing like-
2: well yeah you I, my, my point stays the same Korea is quite far away mm-hmm there is no concern to their safety so i think they have a right to do that still it's immoral it's immoral but yeah they can
1: well like okay germany their safety isn't really at stake with regards to that but like seriously they like all of europe is contributing well you could
2: argue recently i think you heard it um a lot of like officers and people in germany were arrested because they were preparing coup so you could argue if ukraine would be taken over russia so that uh europe is like useless they could just give the um um, to say those people give them command and they would just overtake some governments they would get more influence over europe and who knows how it would go
0: yeah well i well the thing is like okay so if we compare like korea and ukraine you know korea got help from Practically all over the world, you know, America, Britain, no matter where it is, even like West Germany, um, you know, West, really? G- yeah, they sent mm. a lot of um, civilian aid during mm. the Korean War. So, um, so yes, Korea only was able to exist because these nations helped Korea. <coughs> Whilst exactly the same thing is happening in Ukraine right now, and Korea refusing to help Ukrainians, I think that is um, a betrayal um towards the freedom loving world um that's how i see it um yeah but anyway but i hope koreans are going to um do more foreign aid to ukraine after the war um because you know after the war you've got yeah koreans have nothing to do with russians Um, well
2: maybe some investment would work as well
0: yeah indeed yeah so that that's actually um something that i actually wanted to bring bring which is um that winning the war i think is great, um, and we're going to win the war. Uh, that's how I believe. Uh, I can't imagine the world without winning the war, and you know, Ukraine um, retrieving all this lost land. Um, I don't know. Maybe I'm very biased, but you know, that's how I am. But yes, I think when it comes to foreign aid, um, it's. I think that's actually the most important, and that's actually what really matters, because yes we won the water Two. if we go back to the water Two stops um but the reason why um there was no communist revolution all over the europe was we had marshall plan and sure. you know americans sent all this money and you know invested in uh, invested in europe and europe finally reconstructed itself you know um italy's um Economic miracle as well as Germans' um, economic miracle. They call it miracle of Rhine, by the way, mm-hmm. because you know they um, made massive industrial plants um, across the Rhine River, basically. Again. Yeah. Again. <laughs> yeah. Again. Yeah. That's the thing. Yeah. Even even before the war, actually, Rhineland uh, was one of the most um, industrialized region in mm-hmm. um, Germany. Yeah. So. Yeah, the the, the rural. Yeah, the Rhineland and rural basically. Um, yeah, the. Without the rural valley, um, they can't do anything about, you know, manufacturing anything mm-hmm. in Germany, basically. They can't
1: do anything about anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah <I'm laughs> right now. Oh, yeah, course, well, yeah. well, no, they do have some <laughs> problems, but you know, yeah, manufacturing but is like... Yeah.
0: Yeah. But anyway, um, yeah, so, and Korea as well. Not only we just wonderful, I mean, Korea was the world's... It, it was actually the world's poorest country. Mm-hmm. Its GDP per capita was $69 per capita. Oh. In 1960 um, but what made it great I think and um, what made Korea became you know one of the um, world's faithful ally and you know, faithful democratic and freedom-loving country I think is um, foreign aid from Americans um, arguably Japanese because it wasn't a foreign aid for goodwill, but it was more like we're going to bribe you and you're not going to talk about the colonial past <laughs> type of thing uh, and um, You know and West Germany actually which is something um, you wouldn't like you wouldn't think that West Germans and Koreans had something but West Germans unlike right now Germans those days they did care about these things so um, the West German um not land lease but more like the foreign aids they they lend money to south korea basically um i mean countries like ukraine or south korea the problem is it's not about it's not that they have massive debt but they can't make any debts because they don't have credit rating basically um True. yeah because you know who, who's going <coughs> to trust ukraine or south korea mm. in those days when they say, oh, we're going to lend money and we're going to build industry, who's yeah. going to trust them, you know? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, um, a lot of West German money um, flooded to South Korea. And um, we built, um, you know, our national pride, you know, the steel plants, um, shipbuilding industry, um, a lot of manufacturing plants, all these things. And yes, this is, when it comes to um, winning the war, and making the world a better place. I think this is the most important part, uh, which is, yes, sending weapons is definitely important, but after the war, um, people shouldn't be forgetting what happened with Ukraine and keep sending all this foreign aid and wishing that Ukraine is going to you know, learn from all this and become a very faithful, um, um, freedom loving ally yeah that's that's what i see
2: sure. we've talked uh, i talked about this um recently uh with my relatives and the worst thing people can expect is that everything will return how it was before the war mm-hmm. and that's like the worst thing everybody can experience mm-hmm. and so hopefully when the war ends we win mm-hmm. um either we With our own will or Europe will make us apply institutes which say established Mm -hmm. already, which will um, Guarantee stability Mm -hmm. and safety to everyone and it will be profitable to invest in Ukraine. Mm -hmm. It will be nice Mm -hmm. and uh, This way we're gonna have a bright future because we have huge potential Mm
0: -hmm. yeah, I mean I think well, I think I didn't um, actually mention this, but um, I'm learning Ukrainian for reason because it's not that I feel pitiful about Ukrainians or, you know, I identify as Ukrainian. or well, I don't know. Well, I don't, but, mm-hmm. you know, um, it's it's not that I think Ukraine is actually a very, um, you know, has a massive, massive potential. And when I talk to different Ukrainians, I mean, maybe majority of Ukrainians are not like that, but they're one of the most brightest people i've ever seen um i mean even comparing to south koreans i wish all the south koreans were more like ukrainians other than uh the south koreans being like south korean because i think
2: they're really (laughs) spoiled (laughs) yeah see see, that's a bias um how do we call that bias is it bias when you so basically it's where you see all the best people Mm -hmm. because only the best of best come to Germany, come to UK. Mm-hmm. You have st- to study really well. Yeah. You probably have to win some Olympiads, maybe mm-hmm. do something extracurricular sports, whatever. Mm-hmm. And obviously, when you come over to UK, you're a nice person, not some douchebag <laughs> who, who just prefers to smoke at age of 15 and do zero homework. Yeah, yeah. you don't see those people because they, they are kept in Ukraine. <laughs> uh,
0: maybe I, mean, I I am still waiting to uh, visit Ukraine. Um, i wish i could do it even right now but um you know obviously my government banned um people Ah. to travel to ukraine so you know can't really do that um but anyway you know we'll be there we'll be there yeah so anyway so um to finish off um so um the last question might be actually about ukrainian politics because politics is important and it's not everything but Politics um, Connects to economy You can't have Good economy Without good management Of Absolutely. your country um, And
2: it was proven On practice With UK I believe Yeah <laughs> And
0: uh, <laughs> Yeah And um, You know Good economy Shapes people And you know It shapes how people think um, So yeah um, That's what I was wondering What's the Current status Of Ukrainian politics And you know I What I hear Was that Eastern parts They vote for more conservative and more um, pro-Russian factions, mm-hmm. whilst the West votes for um, very uh, Western liberal, uh, you know, the, um, the pro ukraine factions. And what happened to all
2: these pro-Russian factions? Oh, uh, well, think. surprisingly, mm-hmm. they all got arrested, maybe tortured, whatever. <laughs> I'm not sure if you can say that on the podcast. Yeah. Uh, who knows? <laughs> maybe people, people wish they were tortured. Yeah, maybe, uh, but, but we're not approving such things. Mm-hmm uh but surprisingly there have been comebacks from uh so there's a party Mm -hmm. um it was called something like opposition party for life whatever it was pro-russian party yeah and surprisingly in deoccupied places sometimes you can see elements from those parties they appear again Mm -hmm. because nobody knew them they were not in media Mm -hmm. and they come back like with different party like i don't know party x mm-hmm. and uh, nobody cares and that's really concerning mm-hmm. because they still can bring um either old ideas mm-hmm. or they can be just um people who can be bought easily mm-hmm. and maybe they will just say whatever some other rich people want them to say mm-hmm. um so yeah that's a concern
0: yeah but i guess um i mean it's it's a very common problem of every single eastern european countries i think including poland as well um, that
2: the eastern part is often um always the problematic part yeah Uh, yeah that's where the soviet union stayed yeah you 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 always can see the divide where the soviet union stayed there's a divide Uh um
0: well but we'll see i mean the war practically um gave a rebirth on the ukrainian people and you know i mean no matter whether you're ethnically russian or you know whatever it is you know you became ukrainian you know yeah no.
2: absolutely i believe the war is a catalyst in such a way mm-hmm. um is maybe very cynical to say but mm-hmm. in some ways war um <laughs> made the people stay together mm-hmm. and it, it first united them all and it made everyone realize that we're Ukrainians. Mm-hmm. Because before that, the Russian influence was massive. Mm-hmm. So all music was uh, Russian, mm-hmm. that was this, Ukrainian music wasn't yeah. po- that popular. Mm-hmm. Uh, videos on YouTube, mm-hmm. mostly Russian mm-hmm. or English. Mm-hmm. And that's really significant because um, the Russian liberals, mm-hmm. which are not very smart and I hope they will be sentenced to like, I don't know, I hope they will be sent to uranium mines after the (laughs) war. Uh, And they were saying about like Russian problems. Mm -hmm. They were saying about Russian Mm news. And I believe it made an impact because Ukrainian people listened to that and they Mm -hmm. thought, oh, maybe we have the same issues. Mm -hmm. And um, maybe because the war started, we became culturally, we we saw that we're culturally different, that we're not the same with Russians.
0: Mm This is very interesting because often in the West, we kind of make it as a one, mm-hmm. you know, the Russian liberals yeah. like Alexei Navalny, Rubov yeah. you know, all these people, as well as the, you know, the struggles that Ukraine Ukraine mm-hmm. is having right now. But I guess these are two separate problems yeah. and potentially could be actually opposing problems yeah. um, instead of actually one problem, I guess.
2: Yeah, I agree. Nobody likes Navalny actually in Ukraine because uh, what he said, uh, something yeah. about Crimea, like it, yeah. he said, you know, he yeah. said it's yeah. like not a sandwich. Oh, so he was asked uh, like, oh, what should you do with the Crimea after yeah. the war, and he was said like, well, we can't give back Crimea. It's not a sandwich to give it back. Well, mm. now he's sits in prison. Don't say that about Crimea. Yeah. Uh, well, <laughs> he's a vir- virkorus, so yeah. great. You know, he he's an advocate for a yeah. greater yeah. Russia. Yeah. So yeah. Um, yeah.
1: Nope. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah. Uh, well, I'm. I'm not sure what you meant in your question, but like, mm-hmm. um, we're not the same. Mm-hmm. If you think we're the same, well, then I could argue that Netherlands and Germany are the same, and <laughs> <Nope>. Netherlands <laughs> is like second little Germany <laughs> because their language is the same. Or you could argue that mm-hmm. Portugal and Spain are the same. But if you say that to Portuguese, you get really <laughs> I, uh, they get really mad. They get really mad yeah uh so
0: yeah this is the thing when we see eastern europe uh, i mean even like ukraine and russia you know, maybe their language might be similar but they are really different having different problems and you know having different outlook and even different people actually absolutely yeah indeed well
1: the, the language is not that similar i mean uh, a lot of the russians that uh, i heard
0: a story of a russian yeah I mean, uh, c-
1: coming uh, like yeah. from, from g- g- he came from uh he, Originally came from a village close to the Ural Mountains, mm-hmm. and he was uh, shipped off to Ukraine as a soldier. And uh, when the Ukrainians asked him, "Who are you fighting?" Mm-hmm. he said, "I'm fighting the Poles."
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, you could argue that ukraine is very similar to Polish. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, yeah, well, well, I I think it's because kind of po- Poland is you know, you know within his mental map, mm-hmm. like but Ukraine like. To the Russians, they just think it's Russia, like right. Jesus Christ. <laughs> and and the, the guy just attributed, you know, Ukrainian to be the, the next closest <laughs>
0: Slavic thing. Yeah. So Poland, like, mm. yeah, no. <laughs> I mean,
2: you
0: know, if if to those people who says, uh, you know, oh, Ukraine and Russia, they speak practically same language. I need to say, even saying yes is different. Yes, uh, absolutely. <laughs> I, I I was talking to um, my friend um, who speaks Russian. Um, actually, I have two friends who speak Russian, and I, you know, we were talking in you know slightly broken Russian, obviously, and uh, and he when he asked the question, I said "duck," mm-hmm. and uh, he said that means "so," not "yes." But I said, "Well, that means yes oh, in Ukrainian." Yes, yeah, ab- yeah true. Yeah, <laughs> it's, not, a, it's, a yeah it's not. It's not "da." It's "duck." Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah so you know even saying yes is different in these two countries well, so,
1: well i mean you could always ask him if he can understand cornish it's like you know I cornish know. and english are practically the same thing cornish cornish yeah it's so, a minority yeah, it, language in england and cornwall yeah, oh so- yes <laughs> oh my god yeah <laughs> So can you understand cornish
2: well like, nope <laughs> shut the hell up man <laughs> yeah
0: well but anyway um so yeah this um it's all from us um you know i Again, thank you so much for coming. Um it's really nice to actually um have this kind of episode. Um maybe it's not the topic that people find the most enthusiastic, but I need to again point out that yes, our border, um British border, lies in Ukraine. It lies in Estonia, it lies in Latvia, it lies in Finland, um, not in Dober Channel. I think these are our problem as well and um i think we need to make sure what is actually happening and what is the thing that we can best help for them anyway thank you so much for listening and um i'll see you around anyway thank you for coming
2: thanks for inviting us that was really nice agreed uh yeah. thank you for uh, thanks, thanks to thank gabriel you. for yes. his expert <laughs> me <meaning. laughs> <laughs> thanks Yuri. thanks bye